Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's as if the Gospel today is telling us, it's as if it knows about the challenge that was offered to us last week, right? The first beginning of this Gospel passage, we see Philip, who encounters Jesus, one of the disciples, who encounters Jesus, and he can't keep it to himself. He's received his great news. He's truly found what it is he's been looking for in life. Everything that he's been looking for has been found in the person of Jesus. The Savior. The one who's going to save him. The one who is the answer to everything. And what's the first thing he does? He goes to Nathaniel and he says, This is it. This is the one you've been waiting for. This is the solution to all of your problems. This is Jesus the Christ. And Nathaniel can't believe it. First words out of his lips are, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? I don't believe you. I'm disinterested. The challenge from last week was what? If we remember, was what? Was to invite someone who we know in our life, who somehow feels like they can't relate to the church, who somehow feels that the church has failed them, who somehow is just uninterested in the church, to invite that person back to come and see. Jesus last week tells us, His disciples, to come and see. To come and see how good Jesus is. To come and see how good He is to us. And we who come here every Sunday, we know how good Jesus is to us. But now, it's Philip who says to Nathaniel, Come and see. Come and see Jesus. Come and see for yourself who Jesus is. Come and see how Jesus has worked in my life and can now work in yours. But Jesus teaches us, teaches us a lesson today, right? That the ones who we go to, the ones who we approach, are going to seem disinterested. They're not going to be interested. They're not going to understand how it is that Jesus can work in their life and truly change their life because they have not yet encountered Him. That becomes our duty. That becomes our first duty as a Christian, and that's what Jesus is reminding us today, that our first duty as a Christian is to go out there and to tell everyone how good Jesus has been to us, how much He has saved us, how much through all the pain and the suffering that we endure, Jesus helps us, and He can help those who need Him as well. And so the challenge continues. Last week, Jesus tells us to come and see. This week, Philip tells Nathaniel to come and see Jesus. And we should also tell others in our lives to come and see who Jesus is. After Nathaniel approaches Jesus, what happens? There's an encounter, right? There's an encounter, and he discovers just how much it is that Jesus loves. Just how much it is that God cares for him individually. A lot of times we think we're too many people. A lot of times we think our problems are too insignificant for God to even care about us individually as a person. And yet here is Jesus today, telling Nathaniel, I knew you. While you were sitting under the fig tree and Philip approached you, I knew you. He tells the same to all of us today. Your problems are not insignificant. You are not insignificant to me. You are just as important as everyone else. And I love you. I love you. That's what Jesus tells us each and every day. I know you and I love you. But how many of us become disinterested? How many of us don't really care? How many of us go about our day just not even caring, right? How many of those in our life who feel like they don't need Jesus, they go throughout their day with all this hurt, with all this suffering, with all this baggage, and they're looking 
to unload it upon something, right? And they go off into the world and they try to find comfort in other things. When in reality, the only thing they need is Jesus. The solution to all their problems. Their solution to everything. Their solution to everything. And so the mission remains the same. We have to go out there and tell them how good Jesus has been to us and how good He can be for them. In the second half of the Gospel today, we hear about the wedding at Cana, right? The wedding at Cana. And it's always amazing to me the way in which God takes this marriage imagery and He makes it relevant to us. He shows us how much it is that He loves us over and over again. And this time He does it through marriage imagery. He uses this, this image of marriage, right? When we look at this image of marriage, there's so much to learn from just this wedding at Cana, but there's a few things that I really want to focus on today, and that as, that's how God shows us His love in a picture of marriage. When we look at marriage, it's never really pictured as like a perfect thing, right? You always see those, those commercials for like you know, random things on TV, right? Whether it's like, I don't know, whether it's like for a good night's sleep, Lunesta, and people are outside playing with their dog and things like that, right? It becomes this idealized marriage, this idealized picture of marriage that everyone hopes to achieve, but in reality, marriage is never like that. Marriage has its daily struggles. But how do you prove your faithfulness to your spouse? How do you prove your faithfulness to the one you love? It's by enduring those struggles together. By enduring those struggles together, we can say, this is how much I love you, that I'm willing to go to the ends of the earth to please you, to love you. That even though things are not going always as planned, always as pictured, there's all these problems in life, I love you despite it. And marriage constantly tests us. You know, ask, ask those who have been married for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, right? They'll tell you marriage is constantly a struggle, but it's loving that person each and every day. It's realizing you've made a commitment to that person each and every day. In the same way, God shows us that He is the spouse of humanity. That we are, even though we endure all these struggles on a daily basis, we prove our faithfulness to God by being true to Him. By even in the struggles, in the good times and the struggles, we remain faithful to Him. We pray through the struggles. We don't just give up. A lot of times we hear that, you know, some people go through great suffering and they feel like they can't go to church. They feel like they give up on Jesus. They feel like they just give up on their faith life. They give up on prayer. When we're struggling, that's the best time to give thanks to God that proves our faithfulness to Him. Over and over again, God reminds us how much He loves us. And sometimes God wishes for us to you know, celebrate these good times as well as the bad. Sometimes He chooses to reveal Himself to us. Sometimes He chooses to remain silent. But all in all, we know that He is at work in our life. In today's Gospel story, we see that the wine runs out. That the wine runs out. What that reminds us is that there are these different times in our life when sometimes there is a time to celebrate, sometimes there is a time to fall in love, sometimes there is a time when the wine is running out and we're struggling. The wine in our lives is finishing quicker than we expect. That's the time when we suffer. That's the time when we go through difficult moments. 
But what matters at that time as a Christian is what do you do with those moments that your life is running out of wine? What do you do? What do you do? We're all going to suffer. There's no such thing as a life without suffering. And sometimes we constantly pray, Lord, take the suffering away from me, but sometimes the suffering still stays with us. And sometimes we feel like God is absent. Sometimes we feel like God is not there. He's not walking with us. But in reality, it's our prayer that needs to change sometimes. Sometimes it's saying to God, God, I know I'm suffering, but help fill my life. Help fill my life with your joy, with your peace. Replenish that wine in my heart so that I can go through this suffering with joy. You see, it's Jesus who turns our suffering, who knows what it's like to suffer, who transforms that suffering into something beautiful, something we can learn from. And oftentimes, it's a mystery as to why we suffer. We don't know why we suffer. But we know we're going to go through that suffering. And so what do we do? Do we tell Jesus? Do we go to Jesus first and foremost? Do we say, Lord, I'm running out of wine. I'm running out of this joyfulness in my life. Even though I'm suffering, I'm running out of these things. Lord, fill that, fill my heart with your love. Fill my life with your love again. Help to make those jars of my heart, transform them so that I can see my life in a different way. That even though I'm suffering, I know that you are with me. I know that you will help me. And a beautiful reminder of this is, is Mother Mary. Mother Mary reminds us that she will be the one to advocate on our behalf as long as we ask her. I always love this scene because here's Mother Mary and she goes up to Jesus, right? And she says, they've run out of wine. And Jesus is like, I don't know what this has to do with me. What does this at all have to do with me? And all Mary says in response, she turns to the servants and she says, whatever he says, just do it. That's it, that's her response because Mary knows that her son is going to fulfill her request. She knows that Jesus will listen to her. In the same way, we turn to Mary and we say, Mary, sometimes I'm running on empty. Help me. Help me to ask your son to fill my heart with that wine. Help me to find that joy in my life, even though all the odds are against me. Help me to find that joy in suffering. It's a strange concept, right? Joy in suffering. But when we see the saints, when we see the way they've worked through suffering, to bring Jesus to others, we really see how much it is that it can be transformed. And when others see that joy in our hearts, even though we're suffering, they see Jesus truly at work in the world. And that is when we can evangelize. That is when we can spread the Word of God to others. That in the midst of everything, in the midst of the darkness of the world, Jesus is still at work in us. In us, we call ourselves His disciples. So my brothers and sisters, remember, to always find that joy in suffering. Always find that joy in Jesus, that despite everything, we find that joy, and the only answer that we can find in the world, the only answer that would truly satisfy us, and that is Jesus Christ. Amen? Let us stand well with joy and faithfulness, and let us implore in